on this next installment of the Sports Rat Podcast, we will talk a little bit about the NBA and their 100-page criteria for the bubble, and we will get into some Sixers talk, how this coronavirus pandemic restart could bode well for the Sixers, and five burning questions surrounding the Sixers as we re-enter the NBA world. All right, folks, we are back. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, here with you once again, as always, each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Now, I'm going to get into some NBA stuff. We're going to talk about the 100-page safety plan. We're going to break some of that stuff down and, and just talk a little bit about how the NBA has worked very hard to come up with this plan. Jackie Bridges, thanks for tuning back in, has come up with a plan which they think um, will be able to, to allow them to get through their uh, NBA restart, if you will. We will also talk a little bit about the Sixers, if you will. Uh, I got two places I want to go. Um, I saw some stuff. You know, One of the things is, since we're talking about this restart, uh, there's been a lot of talk of how the layoff and being back or beginning this restart could bode very well for the Philadelphia 76ers. And then there's also, Jim, what's going on, Charles? The other thing I want to talk about is they apparently there are, excuse me, or not apparently, there are five burning questions surrounding my beloved Sixers, and we will talk a little bit about those uh, in the next few minutes. Before I get into that, um, I want to definitely definitely talk to you about the weekend I had you know Friday was Juneteenth and we celebrated here in Philadelphia with a rally um, hosted in part by one former NBA players Rashid Wallace and Steven Jackson it was a great event um, I think a lot of people heard and understood and got the message from Steven Jackson. Um, I have some video that I posted, you know, on my page, so you can go check that out after the show today. And like he mentioned in that video, I'm referring to uh, Steven Jackson, it's personal for him. And when you hear him talk, when you stand and you talk to him, you can hear it um, in his voice. He's determined focused if you will and again it, it definitely is personal for him and he is seriously seriously taking it that way so kudos to him for that and kudos to him for stopping into philadelphia to share his message um like he mentioned um he knows that he's going to places where he knows places will make noise and he felt that much respect and thought that much of philadelphia where he came here because he thought that we would make some noise, and he saw the noise that was made um, in the initial stages of these protests for George Floyd and all of the African Americans, male and female, who were murdered at the hands of racist police officers um, in our country today. So you can go back, like I said, after the show today, you can go back and you can check on that 
and the videos are up. Now, I want to get into this 100 page um, safety plan that the NBA has instituted. And it's really crazy because, again, I, I give the NBA kudos again as much as I have been because I feel like they have been doing the most work on the health and safety side to start their league back up. Although a lot of folk think that it may be a distraction to the efforts um, as far as the Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matters movements and all the protests and what's going on in society. Um, I don't think Personally, I don't think it will be a distraction. I think that it will help along. And like I mentioned last week, there are a lot of ways that it can help. Uh, some of the players have even come up with ways that they could possibly help along with the movement. So there are a lot of mixed opinions about that. And, you know, we, we could talk about that at length um, another time. So a lot of the issues with the NBA has a lot of other teams following suit like i've been reporting to you the most about the nba and their progress and their aggressive uh nature at tackling precautions on um, concerning the start uh the restart of the league and around the coronavirus and now you see other teams and other leagues have been following suit like i reported to you earlier in my um, opening my news and updates that the NFL has now issued a tier for access into facilities. So they're beginning to uh, look at this thing a little bit more diligently. So, you know, the questions that go along with this with the NBA is uh, so one of the things is what happens if uh, a player tests for positive for COVID-19? Well, you know, it's the norm. Um, or what we call the norm now. Uh, the player uh, will be isolated. He'll be retested to make sure there isn't a false positive. Um, and if it is confirmed, then the player will begin the treatment and will undergo and will undergo a period of rest and recovery, lasting at least the 14 days, which is the norm of what we um, do right now. So it's getting to the point where everything is still cautious as you know states have been opening up uh, florida opened up for about a week but then they had an outbreak of cases and then they had to shut back down and it's all because people hear that they can go out or things are loosening up and then they just you know that old saying you give them a rope give them an inch they take a mile or a yard you know uh People have been not wearing masks. People have just been out in general in public and doing things that caused these outbreaks because we've all been separated from each other for so long. And again, like I mentioned when this first started, when we first started talking about this pandemic and we were telling people to wash their hands, and I kept reiterating that, even made a little video of me washing my hands to show people. We don't know what everybody does at home. We don't know how clean everybody is. So 
for everybody to just run out because things are loosening up and throw caution to the window, not a good thing. I keep telling people and I'm feeling like my words are going to come true. I think we're going to be in this pandemic throughout the whole summer. It may not be in the form of a total quarantine like it had been, but we're going to be in this for a while. Um, I think it's going to be the entire summer. And I think what's going to happen is the same thing that's been happening as other states around the country have been opening up. People are going to be too quick to get back out there, again, throwing caution to the window, and it's going to be another outbreak. Um, they're already The CDC is already predicting another outbreak, or, yeah, another outbreak in October. So with people, again, not adhering to the words that are being told to them, you're still in a pandemic. You still should wear a mask, okay? Um, it's not like just because things are lessening up or things are starting to reopen, uh, if you will, it doesn't mean that, oh, the, the virus is gone. It, it doesn't just disappear that easily. Um, how often will uh, players be tested? Um, what they're saying is that the league says regularly, which usually means um, less than daily. So we'll have to figure that out. They probably, I'm sure, for medical reasons and medical purposes, they're not going to give us a definite answer on how um, often these people or players and staff will be tested. Uh, how many people would have to test positive for the league to halt again? Well, that part they say is not spelled out, but it's clear that the league it has prepared for uh, positive tests. Um, the occurrence of a small or otherwise expected number of COVID-19 cases will not require a decision to suspend or cancel the resumption of the season. So it looks like what they're saying is if it's a small number, which they have prepared for, they will not cease the league. They would just quarantine those players. Uh, it also goes on to what says, what happens if a player doesn't want to go? Um, if a team determines that a player is at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19, he can be designated as a protected player who does not have to report and will not lose salary. So that's what I mentioned also last week that uh, Adam Silver put out there that players can make their own decision. They, he's given them a date to inform their teams. If they do not want to attend, they will not be penalized if they do not go into the bubble and play. Um, the players also have the option to challenge the protected status, and a panel of physicians will have ultimate authority. So, however, if a player doesn't fall into either criteria and still declines to go, he will lose a corresponding number of game checks. So they broke it down like this. They say a player making $10 million per year will lose roughly 108000 per game, missed up to 14 games. So they will basically lose uh, their salary for game salary for those 14 days, which would be the quarantine time frame. Um, what about all the coaches? <clears throat> will they be allowed? Uh, teams might declare a coach or other staff member protected because of higher risk of severe illness. So players and coaches can be protected. Uh, what will life be like in Disney World? So here's the big, big part. Here's the big issue, and here's the big thing that everyone wants to know. 
So the players and staff can go cannot go into one another's rooms through July 21st. Players cannot socialize with players staying at the other hotels. Three hotels are being used to limit the spread if there is an outbreak. Okay, Each team will have its own chef and food room that is open up to 24 hours a day. Though they can eat with other players outside, they will also be able to order room service using the app. Eventually, teams can have meals at some restaurants on the Disney campus that will be closed down to accommodate them. They might also be able to order from select local restaurants. Okay. Every, everyone on campus will be required to use a Disney magic band unless they're playing basketball or working out. These magic bands will be used as hotel room keys and to check in for corona testing and other medical screens. So they have to wear a band when they're on the campus, not while they're playing or working out. So again, another uh, tool that they are using, you know, to monitor and, you know, take every precaution for a coronavirus outbreak. Uh... What is in the team travel party? Um, all teams in the playoffs, they, be, they will be allowed and to add and swap out members of travel party. The team can add two staffers after advancing past the first round of the playoffs and two more after the conference finals. That is something multiple coaches have been pushing the league to adopt. So they can add coaches as they progress along in the playoffs. Will they wear masks? Will they have to wear masks? Mask usage is required when indoors by everyone except when eating or when in an individual's room. They are not required when doing activities outside. Players, referees, and bench players and coaches who sit in the first row of seating will not be required to wear face masks during games. What will the game look like? Uh, games at three different arenas. There will be no outside fans, of course. A limited number of players can attend these games they are not if they are not playing. There will be limited media, team executives, league and union personnel, and even some sponsors allowed in. What will a day a game day in the bubble look like for a player? It will not be unlike a road game during the NBA season. There will be a team breakfast to shoot around a lunch. Uh, free time in the afternoon at the hotel, and then they will go back to the arenas for games. What happens if someone leaves the campus? Uh, no one will be stopped from leaving, but if someone leaves without approval and wants to re-enter, they will face at least a 10-day quarantine and have to undergo a deep nasal testing. Other tests on campus will, will be shallow nasal or shallow oral testing. So that's basically what it is for the NBA and their uh, paid, that was a summary of their 100 page safety plan for the bubble so I think they took their time again like I've been saying for the last several weeks and, and have understood the seriousness of the coronavirus and how they have decided where we're not going to like hold you prisoner or make it seem like you're in prison you can move around, but in certain places, yes, you have to wear a mask. In your room, you don't. You can go outside. You can talk to other players and things of that nature as long as you're outside. So they are trying to be 
health conscious, safety conscious, and make these players and staffers as comfortable as possible, almost giving them as much as they can as how things are in the real NBA when we're not in a pandemic. So with that being said, folks, it's 1142, 42 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. I'm going to take another quick break. When I come back, we will begin with our Sixers talk. And like I said, it's two things, how this pandemic could bode very well for the Sixers. We also have five burning questions that surround the Sixers going into the season and into the end of the season and into the summer. It's your boy D. You're tuned in to Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. I will see you on the other side in just a few minutes. We will now get into our Sixers talk of the day. And the first thing I want to talk to you about, um, fittingly, following the brief, brief discussion and breakdown, slight breakdown of the 100-page safety policy that was instituted uh, or issued two teams by the NBA, we now move into one of the things I mentioned earlier. And I think that what's going on, Frank, that uh, this article was something that caught my eye, something I thought would bring some good dialogue uh, to the show, uh, if you will. And it's all centered around my beloved Philadelphia 76ers. This is just one aspect of what I wanted to talk to you about today. And this is concerning the 76ers and their possibly being the best benefactor of this restart of the NBA season. Um, And it says how everything is falling into place for the 76ers to shock the world. The NBA season will resume soon. And when it does, the 76ers might be the team that benefits most after the hiatus. So there are some things in here that I agree with. Um, there might even be some things that I don't agree with. And I'm sure that will be the same way with everyone that's tuned in. You know, Facebook, Sports Rack Radio Show, live right now. Um, so feel free to chime in uh, with your thoughts. Uh, leave me some comments. Talk to me, people. I know you're tuned in because I see you and I wave back to you. I acknowledge you when, when you do. So, and I know you have some stuff to say. So, Feel free. Um, It's an open dialogue today, and I I warrant the information because I I feel like I can't just give you guys information as I I do, but I can't just give it to you um, all basically exactly what they say. I have to give you my interpretation, which is why I feel this is part of my integrity. I give it to you in my perspective um, with my thoughts and my views. So I want you to do the same thing. I want you to give me stuff back. I want you to give me feedback. Um, like I said, I know, I see what's going on. I know that you're tuned in. I see you on social media. I see you watching. I see you tuned in. But sometimes people don't want to express their opinions. I'm all open to uh, you expressing your opinions, and we warrant that here. So it makes for, for good dialogue, if you will. So the Sixers, um, as we know, were a 39-win club, and all of a sudden the pandemic hit and there was a hiatus. Um, 
you know how we felt about them. They had the best uh, home record, but struggled, struggled mightily on the road. We know that. And Ben Simmons' injury um, towards the end of that stretch where before the season had been halted was really rough for the Sixers um, with him Ben being injured, trying to piece things together. So they tried some things, and things just were okay. They weren't where they thought or where we felt they should be. So we knew there was some work to be done. Um, even if the season hadn't been halted, we knew that there was work to be done. So with this hiatus, um, all the reports that I've seen, all the information that I've gotten, was that Brett Brown had been working and putting his coaching staff to work, looking at uh, things that they did well, things that they did not do well, and then looking at how they fixed the things that they did not do well. So hopefully they, they worked as they said they were working and they got some things accomplished. And we will soon see when the NBA season uh, returns. So um, we all know, like I mentioned last week, that when these games start, you know, they're going to have a little a bridge to training camp, yada, 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 moving on. But it, it, because these guys have not played together in such a, an extended period of time, I'm sure, I'm, I'm almost certain, that there's going to be some sloppy play. We know that, we understand that, that there will be some sloppy play uh, to start out. And once they get the kinks out, things will look, a lot better and feel a lot better for the players. Um, one of the keys keys for the Sixers is the fact that uh, this this hiatus gave Ben Simmons time to rehab and heal. Um, I've seen some pictures. I've seen some workout. I've read some stuff. It looks like he'll he will be ready to go. Um, you if you haven't seen it, you need to Google it and look it up. It, there's there's a change. Uh, Joel Embiid has stated that he has something to prove. Um, he's been working out apparently six times a week. And he said, again, like I said, he has something to prove. Um, in my opinion, that's uh, a little bit of a scary statement for me. Uh, and I mean that as that statement is put out, and he's putting the rest of the NBA on notice that he has something to prove. Where there's already been talk that arguably one of the best big men to play the game, one of the most versatile big men to play the game right now, and can totally dominate when he sets his mind to it, when he gets focused, when he's in good shape. He can totally dominate and totally take over a game. So I'm basing him saying, that he has something to prove on that note and on that fact that he is ready to <clears throat> be that dominant figure on the court. Uh, like Shaq and Charles have said about him, if he wants to, when he puts his mind to it, he could arguably, arguably be one of, if not the best player on the court at any given time. So hopefully him saying that he has something to prove is definitely um, a pointer or a opening to that avenue of him being coming in and being ready to go full-fledged and dominate like he should. Uh, this this hiatus 
for for this Sixers team, they say, has done some things where it might have gotten this coaching staff a little bit closer. Um, like we know, we had to stay at home. A lot of things were virtual. But I think them staying in constant contact with each other made them closer, uh, made them look at a lot of things different. Um, one of the things is Joel Embiid surged out of the All-Star break. So there again, like I've just mentioned, he knows. Uh, people have said it about him. People have said it to him. Yeah, Frank says he needs to stay on the block and in the paint and do damage, uh, less jump shots in the floor. Well, Frank, you have to also take into consideration it's not totally him. I agree with what you said. I do agree that he needs to stay on the block where he can dominate. But he even said it himself um, in a past interview. I think it was with, I forget who it was, but he even said it in the past interview, the way that the offense was set up, a lot of those times when he was out there shooting those jump shots, that's the way the offense was set up, which the spacing was not good. It was not orchestrated very well by the coaching staff was one of the things that he said. And I don't think it was any disrespect. I think it was just him giving an answer or giving a response to people asking him about him, the number of jump shots or the number of three-pointers that he shoots. And he just explained that that is the way a lot of times the offense pans out. And those are the shots that I have. So I'm going to take those shots. Cisco, my guy, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. So, again, um, he said he's been working out six times a week, like I said, the pandemic, and he has something to prove. And whenever the opportunity comes, it's going to be his time. Kevin Wolf, thanks for tuning in. So, again, I'm thinking that he is going to be more focused in getting into the paint and doing more damage in the paint. But, again, I don't have an issue if somehow, some way the offense shows up and he's wide open at the three-point line, at the three-point line, I, I, I'm okay with him shooting it. I'm not okay with that being the first shot into the flow of the offense, though. Okay, I'm not. Uh, I'm not okay with a play being designed for him to shoot that three-pointer. I would rather it be like I said, we're in transition and he was trailing after getting the rebound or something. The defense breaks down and he's there and it gets kicked to him. He's wide open. You shoot that. Or somehow, some way, you came out high to set a screen. Offense goes and the play breaks down and then you're the kick out and the three's there. You're open. Shoot it. I don't want anything set up just for JoJo to go to the three-point line and the ball gets kicked to him and then he just shoots that three. I don't want that. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I'm okay with plays breaking down and him being there wide open. Shoot it. Okay. Things of that nature. But I also feel like he has been focused. I, um, I just feel like it, the way he said it and the things that he has said more recently, that he will be um, more focused and dominating in the paint. We all have seen what Ben Simmons can do downhill on the basketball court. Um, we all have concerns about him shooting the ball and everyone says when they shoot the ball when everyone says me the, the problem with him shooting the ball everyone goes to the three-pointer i'm not so concerned about him not shooting the three-pointer i have a little bit of concerns about him not shooting the mid-range yes 
because I just feel like with the things that he's really good at right now, if he adds that to the repertoire, he could truly be an unstoppable force. He's just pretty much unstoppable right now. But just imagine, like I said, the things that he does well right now, if you add a mid-range foul line extended jump shot to that, just imagine what could possibly be for the Philadelphia 76ers. So I've seen some of his workouts as well. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. Um, Like I said, he looks apparently ready to continue and play to come right back at the start of this training camp uh, in the bubble and play, participate immediately. I just hope that the coaching staff can figure out a way to incorporate Al Horford into the offense. I think what they need to do is go back and look at some of the Boston years when he gave us problems look at some of those tapes and see how they used him and figure out how you can adjust with what you have on a roster because the two rosters were are made up um differently if you will the roster that the Sixers had right now is a little different than what was on Boston when uh, Al was there so you have to find ways to get him in his comfort zone um, he's already showed with the one instance where he came off the bench for a little stretch that he's willing to help the team along. He's willing to do what needs to be done to help the team succeed. So you now have to find your ways to get him incorporated into the offense. You have to let Tobias Harris know, let assure him that he can take those shots. Uh, a lot of times when you look at the Sixers, there were instances where some of the guys weren't sure what they were supposed to do in given moments. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that hindered Brett Brown's success. You have to assure these guys that when they have certain shots or when they're in certain points of the game, it's on you. You do what you do. You know, that that's how your stars build confidence that's how your stars continue their confidence it's how it helps your other players gain confidence and and, and it builds a a better communication level where there's a better understanding between coach and player of what needs to be done on the court and then that ultimately leads to success on the court and winning basketball games so they have to figure it out they definitely definitely have to figure it out and Again, I think Brett Brown is a good coach. He's a solid coach. I think he needs to be a little bit more disciplined and be a be more of a disciplinarian to his players. And when I say that, I mean he needs to hold these guys accountable. Um, from the talk that I've heard from the players most recently with everything uh, in the pre-stages of the restart, I think that they're coming in focused. They understand what's at hand. But as a coach, you also have to hold these players, no matter stars, bench players, whoever. You have to hold these guys accountable, and you have to hold yourself accountable for everything that goes on involving this team. After all, you're in the business to be a team. You're in the business to win games, and ultimately your goal is to win a championship. So you have to take that all into consideration. 
And again, if this thing can come together, you know, it could be something good for the city of Philadelphia and something good for the Philadelphia 76ers. So, that being said, the next thing I want to move into is the five biggest questions heading into Orlando for the Sixers. Antonio Bennett, what's going on? And this is including the health of Ben Simmons and Brett Brown's job. Some of the stuff that we just briefly talked about. So this second part of this is just a little bit more detailed. And like I said, it actually has these questions um, broken down with some legit answers. And like I said, I will break these down and give you my take on what's being said uh, in the article. So the first question is how would the Sixers fare at a neutral location without fans? So, again, like we said in that first half, how this hiatus could bode well for the Sixers. We all know their struggles on the road. You're in neutral sites now. Okay, so you can, for all intent purposes, take away the home and away feel. And also, there's no fans. Okay. Uh, I think this will help the Sixers a lot um, because we've seen how they can play. Uh, they have impressive wins at home, mind you, over the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. But they also have suffered some embarrassing losses on the road to the lowly Atlanta Hawks and the Washington Wizards. So... You know, there's no real tell how this will pan out for the Sixers. But I think that as a basketball player on a neutral site where now you don't have to even think about that slight advantage. And you now you already know that there's not going to be that differentiated crowd noise. And when I say I mean, when I say that, I mean we all understand. We've been at games. If you're a fan, you've been to games. You understand. You've seen games on TV. You understand the difference between playing at home in front of your hometown fans and playing in front of uh, a, another team's fan, hometown fans. You understand the difference. There, there's a a difference. Um, there's more heckling. Uh, the heckling goes on both instances, but. It's more heckling, a lot more uh, in, on the road. It's a lot more derogatory stuff being spewed. And I'm just calling the spade a spade because I've been there and I've heard it. Um, you even have sometimes you have fans that come into a home team's arena that are not from that are from that hometown, but are fans of the visiting team that will get into it with the fans of that home team. So with that noise taken away, uh, these guys can concentrate now on just playing basketball and concentrating on their their opponent across the line or across the floor from them. And I think for the Sixers, I think that would bode well because, like we said, that home that home arena for them was magnificent. Like we said, they had the best record, twenty nine and two at home. 
before the season start, before the season um, halted. So uh, I think they can bring that mind frame into every game where they can possibly think like they are playing at home and use that to their advantage. And it will help them in the long run. Like I said, it could help them being continue on with that best record. You know, it could, um, you know, accentuate that best record at home with the 29-2 and two record. The, them bringing that, that effort in that instance of that feel of their home court into that game, like I said, where they don't have to worry about the fans. They can just feel as comfortable as they can. And we'll see how that plays out. Question number two, how healthy is Ben Simmons? Like I mentioned, I, I've seen some workouts. I've seen him working out. He's been lifting. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. I think the back is good now. I think he'll be ready when training camp starts, when the season starts. And I also believe that he is ready and he's determined to make a statement going into this uh, restart of the season. Uh, there was, like I said, there, there was a lot of talk about the Sixers, a lot of spe- expectations going into the beginning of the season. And as they were struggling, there was a lot, of, lot more talk. Um, and it was talk that was a little disheartening. Um, there was some chatter about did they really belong? Um, what will they do? Will they make a move and move Al Horford? Why did they bring Al Horford in? And these other things, it was a lot of stuff going on. But with that, I think that Ben is is ready. I think Ben will be ready. And I think that's going to be a huge part of the Sixers' success um, in the restart. Because, like we said, he's one of the best defensive players in the league right now. And I think he sets the tone for the team on the defensive end when he's focused and determined on playing that tough D. And we all know the defense turns into offense. So I'm looking forward to some big things from Ben Simmons as he returns and as the season uh, begins. Uh, Question number three. What will Philadelphia's starting lineup look like? So they're saying that Brett Brown will have a shortage of op- will have no shortage of options. Um, he had moved Al Horford to the bench in an attempt to maximize the talent on the team. The plan did not work as injuries to Joel Embiid and Simmons forced him to reinsert reinsert Al back into the lineup. With both of these guys healthy now, will Brown? Again, reinsert Al into the lineup, starting lineup, or will he continue to bring him off of the bench? Uh, I think that he needs to figure that out in a hurry. He also wanted to add some floor spacing. Um, he can go with cork mines. Uh, I like the two additions, like I mentioned to you, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, who gives us some shooting and some better play on the wings that can help with the spacing. Uh, I love the fact that the rookie Matisse Thibault has been being allowed to get comfortable and play minutes where he's viable, where they can get the best out of him, get his talents, get have him use his talents to the best of his ability. Um, I also like the sudden slight emergence of Shake Milton, who was forced into play with the injuries and played well. So hopefully he can keep that up and it can proceed on. Um, 
Again, number four, what kind of shape will Joel Embiid be in is another big question. But again, like I just reported to you, you've heard it. He said that he has something to prove. He's been working out six times a week. So hopefully he's true to that, and hopefully we'll see the difference. Hopefully we'll see that dominant Joel that we know and love and that we want to see that could possibly get us over the top. Um, like I said, when he's focused, when he's in shape, there aren't too many bigs in the NBA right now that can handle him. And if you ask me, it's a no-brainer. He's got to be focused, he's got to be in shape, and he's got to want to dominate like he should dominate. Finally, the final question, is Brown coaching for his job? All right, people, what I say is yes, because I feel like with this team right now, it could possibly be a situation where Brown has gotten all that he could get out of them. And maybe, possibly, he's just not the right guy for this group. Like I mentioned, the fact that he needs to be a little bit more stern. He needs to hold these guys accountable for their actions on and off the court, which is not really prevalent in his repertoire. So, yes, I, I do believe that he is coaching for his job. Uh, I think that due to the hiatus he may, due to the management and what I know from the history of the current management, he may possibly get a reprieve. Uh, initially going in, I was stating that if he did not get into the second round this year, he would be gone. I also said if he did not get into this, if he got into the second round and did not put up a fight that he would be gone immediately. So with this hiatus, I hope he understood that. I hope he understood the situation. And like I said, they, he said he's been working. He's had the coaching staff working. So hopefully they've come up with something that, that can save his job, like I said, because I, I do believe that he is coach. excuse me, that he is coaching for his job. And I also think that the Sixers could be that surprise team. There are other people that are saying there's other teams, but I just think that this particular group, especially with the two stars, is is something special. Like I said, you, you see what they can be when they focus. And I know a lot more of that focus was at home, but for all intent and purposes, when they are focused on both ends of the floor, we see the possibilities. We see what type of team they can be. Uh, like I said, the two wins that they had against the Lakers and against the Clippers, they were impressive wins when they focused in. The win against the Milwaukee Bucks, who people are pegged to be the champs this coming season or for this com for this season, that win against them was impressive. So we know when we see when they focus what they can do, that they can be a force to be reckoned with. But it all goes in how this thing comes together all the way across the board. The players have to get healthy, which I think they are now. They also have to have the confidence in the coaching staff. They also have to have the understanding in the coaching staff where they know what to do 
on the courts. I also think that Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson will help because these are guys that can play the wings and they do play defense. But these are guys that I've been saying for the past two or three years, something that we didn't have. Wing players that can shoot the ball a little bit and can create off the dribble, which I think will help with the spacing, which I think will help get Al more in tune with the offense. I think it will make Joel a better post player. I think this will create those shots for Ben, and I think Ben will start shooting those shots. Okay, so Sixers fans, a lot to look forward to when the season restarts. Hopefully, again, this hiatus will be beneficial for the Sixers. And again, I look forward to a surprise with them being a force in this shortened or in this restart on this season. They've got an eight-game, you know, they have a training camp, then they have an eight-game tune-up, and then they start the playoffs. I'm hoping that they make some noise in those eight games and they can shake up a little bit of the seeding with those first 17 because, like, they're expecting that even with these last eight games, that once these eight games are played, that most of the teams, one through seven, in the playoffs in each conference will be set. Right now, the Sixers, I think, are, like, fifth or tied for fifth or six, and they look like they would be playing Miami. I don't really like that. It also possibly they could be six and playing Boston. I like our chances against Boston better, but it is what it is. When we get there, we get there, and we do what we do. If the Sixers come in focused like they say they're focused with the work that they say that they've put in, I think they're going to pose some problems for some teams down the stretch. It's your boy D. You have been tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. Signing out. Listen, folks, stay safe. Be safe. Stay woke. It's a nice day out. It's going to be close to 90 degrees. Stay safe on purpose. Enjoy some of this ninth weather. And I will see you all week on social media and next Monday here in studio. It's your boy signing out. See you next week.